<laughs> this is it. It's time for the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast, where you can escape the muggles in your life for almost, but not quite, 30 minutes. This podcast is sponsored by the Four State Geocaching Society and was recorded at Digital Planet Studios near Joplin, Missouri. Now let's welcome our host, Where Is It Now? You've got it right, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on today. No, I didn't know anything about it at that time. In fact, I didn't know about your podcast until just a couple of months or so ago. I would say definitely. There's a lot of podcasts out there. And unless you really diligently search straight Google, Facebook, all of the different podcast venues, you're just not going to find them. do Well, maybe not good, but I talk a lot. Okay, well, first of all, the first group that Beth and I joined, I mean, we started caching back in 13, and in 14, we found River Valley geocachers. Now, we live in Hopkinsville. That's hard by Fort Campbell. And River Valley was meeting in Paducah, which is a city, actually, we, we like a lot. I wouldn't mind moving to Paducah. They've got a lot going on. But they met there, and we went down, got to know the people somewhat. Great people. Uh, Trailhound one, KY Chase, Comet Clover, just 20 or so people who had a really good group going. But it was a, a long way for us to go. So then we tried starting one. You know, we had an event, our first event, uh, Beth had a CEDO, and we started trying to get people into a group. Well, next thing we know, people are telling us, well, there is a group, a local group called KTAG, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee Area Geocachers. The only thing was KTAG was pretty moribund. Uh, they hadn't had a meeting for about a year at that point, but are now, well, at least the third leg on our geocaching troika. Uh, Beekeeper99 said, 
we can start it up, get things going. He got in touch with all the KTAG people and KTAG started having events again. And we went strong until just about COVID. And KTAG now has again gone pretty quiet, but now things are beginning to get better. You know, there, there are the, the shots and everything you can take. And we've begun to have some, some events here in Kentucky because you can now have more than four people in an event, which is good. And we take our precautions, you know, everybody is good about that. Uh, we care about each other. You know, that's what it comes down to. And so KTAG uh, is, is not so much coming around as a name, but it's, it, KTAG is now more a, a feeling. When we get together, uh, we know we're all the same. We're all in this area together. We, we cash along. It's good. That would be great. Thanks so much. Let me make a quick note. Um, yeah, if I, if I don't make notes, I don't remember. One of the, uh, I had COVID last November, long story short, two souvenirs. What we thought, the doctor thought was COPD. Now we know it's asthma. Hopefully I can get over that. It really interferes with geocaching. And the other one is, is uh, brain fog. And I get my, my daily ration of jellyfish every day, and that helps. Right, that's uh, actually, this was uh, Geocharmer 89's uh, Halloween mission. Uh, right. Actually, uh, Beth got you. So Beth sent to you. Uh, you got some of our stuff for sure. <laughs> Well, this is different. I'm not often accused of being a good influence. Well, we're glad you enjoyed it. You mentioned the holiday exchange. You know, uh, Geotrimer 89 ran the Halloween and uh, Laval K9 uh, from Canada. Uh, Claire runs that one. And I was in on that one. I've been on, on that one for, for a couple of years myself too. They're just great fun. You know, you never know who you're going to get or where you're going to be sending to ahead of time. But you do know one thing. There's going to be a geocacher on the other end. There's going to be a, a like 
kindred soul at that other end. So, yeah, you know, you have a, a fair idea of what you might want to send. That's neat. Right. Well, we're glad to be able to do that. You know, that was our first time being able to go to Going Cashing too. Uh, we had a, a situation for about four years uh, from Beth's family. Her mom and, and her dad, uh, rather her dad and her mom before she passed. They, they're both elderly. Her dad's going to be 90 this year. And it was just a situation where we literally couldn't get away. We just had to be able to get back to them if it was necessary on, on a really quick basis. But this year, you know, unfortunately, Beth's mom passed last year. She was at peace with it. It, it went well. Uh, and the family is good. And her dad's well enough that, hey, we could go. I could go to some other events too. Beth just got back on her feet. She had an injury last December, but she was able to go to going caching. Fantastic event. I mean, everyone has always told us, if there's one event to go to in geocaching, it's going caching. Well, I can tell you from the people behind it, Andy and Jim, straight through, they're fantastic people. They put on a whoppingly fantastic event. We were so happy. Uh, and of course, we've sponsored it for two years, but that's a, a separate thing. But just being able to go is so great. It's so bad, just too bad that you had to miss that. But hey, Anything we can do for folks, we try to. You know, you came up on the on the uh, card trading uh, page on on Facebook. We had the the extras put out there. People have been sending us cards too. I mean, we traded and everything, but there were a lot that we couldn't get to. You know, we we had some other things we had to do too while we were there. <laughs> yeah oh yeah uh we're, we're notably not but we were able to hook up with some folks for some of them one uh got to meet one fellow there uh chad uh Taz427, who is really good on puzzles and gave us a lot of good clues. And moreover, we went to the session uh, on the last day. I think it was the, uh, the puzzle session that, that Jim held. Uh, that was outrageously good. He went over every single thing about it. I got more ideas on how to do puzzles than I ever knew existed. But yeah, going with someone, especially someone really good on puzzles, great idea. 
we drove down. We drove down and we stayed, we stayed six, seven days, actually. And oddly enough, we went to through Joplin when seven years ago now. Wow, time flies. We went out on a caching trip out to the Grand Canyon. Joplin was the first night stay for us. And we got some nice caches there. But I, I can understand with that kind of a drive. Sure, we're crazy. We, we don't fly anymore. We found that it's terribly hard to find geocaches from the air. Oh, yeah. Well, it's a, I, we call it our nano company, uh, practical geocaching. It started because once we got into caching for good and a little side story, we, we started without a GPS. And actually I had found my first geocache without even knowing it back in 2000. Uh, but once we started actually with our own GPS and got out in the field, we found one thing that was really bugging us, real pet peeve, wet, moldy, disintegrating paper locks. And we scouted around. And really, if you wanted back then, we've been doing this for five years now. Back then, if you wanted to get any uh, right in the rain paper logs, they really cost a pretty penny. You know, you could get three logs for three or four bucks and then pay some freight on top of it. So we started making our own. Uh, it was, was our first endeavor was very, very humble. We, we bought a 200 page box of right in the rain paper and we had our old used uh, black and white uh, laser printer. And I just did up some templates on Word and started printing a few different sizes. And we started using them. And as we had some with us, people asked us, hey, what about those? And so it grew. So we started doing it on eBay. Long story short, now we have 33 products comprised of about 100 different SKUs on individual things. But we remain kind of true to the name that we decided on, practical geocaching. All of our stuff is practical. We don't do trackables. We don't do a lot of things that are swag. We don't do decorative things. All of our stuff's very practical going into a cache. It's either a cache container, a log, a kit of things to, to place a cache. And we keep it that way. A lot of people do the other stuff and that's great. We're very different. We are actually not trying to make a living off of geocaching or make a living by providing geocaching supplies. This is our way of giving back. We're different in a, oh, oh did you lose me? No, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay, good, sorry. Things change suddenly. Okay, so uh, we're not trying to, to make a living by selling geocaching supplies. We're giving back. Uh, we're both a little different in another way. Beth has had rheumatoid arthritis for 45 years. I've had a, uh, a fuse spine for 16, a re-injured fuse spine for almost 15. So we're semi-handicapped. Uh, we try to get the 
items out that will raise the quality of geocaching in the field. Uh, we don't make a lot of money on things. We put out quality items. All of our things are either made by us or at least kitted up right here in Hopkinsville, Kentucky by two old people, Beth and me. And <laughs> we just try to keep the prices right for people. We do uh, add new products from time to time as people ask for them or we see the need for them in the field, but we try to keep it very, very practical. So uh, basically there's another thing that we do that's quite a bit different. We talk about giving back. In the past year, we gave away almost 5,000 right in the rain logs. We sponsor events. We sponsor events differently. We're not at the events uh, in competition with the people who make their living selling things at events. We will sponsor, we don't sell there. Okay, we only sell on eBay online, but say for going caching. Everyone who went to going caching this year in, that bought one of the participation packages received in their package, doesn't matter what the, the level was, they all got one of our pocket cash repair kits. That's four logs, two uh, squares of repair tape, and 100 mile an hour duct tape for uh, if you have a container that's cracked or whatever, uh, or putting a, a tube on a tree, you know, uh, whatever you need, and a uh, three by three heavy mill Ziploc bag. Just the things that you can carry in your pocket you can replace logs from nano, 5 16 7 millimeter wide, up through one inch on a temporary basis. It's not intended to take away the prerogative of the cash owner. It's a polity item. It's cashers being kind to cashers and just doing a favor for a cash and always letting the cash owner know if you put anything in the cash. Yeah, so you can replace a wet log or one that's missing or put a bag with a log in it if uh, a large block and lock has become cracked and taking on water, that kind of thing. But everybody who went to going caching and bought a participation package got one of those. We don't, and uh, it sounds very bad, but we did not try ourselves to have an event for that this year. There's not one here. There uh, is an event out by Evansville. If we're able, we may well attend that. But we've gone to gifts before. Uh, we've never held one, actually. Last year in, in uh, no, year before last, sorry, missed COVID. Uh, there was one in, in Clarksville. Uh, and we attended that. We went to one the year before that, a uh, year after that, actually. So that was three years ago. And two years ago, we went to Evansville. Uh, Doctor Who and K9 held that one. Yeah, we're looking forward to it because one of our friends is in the finals this year. Uh, kind of a, a geocaching digital friend. Uh, the Aussie geocacher, see my shell. Craig has a, a, a film in the finals this year, and we're looking forward, looking forward to see that.
No, couldn't make Mingo. We did uh, Midwest, Jackson County, and going caching this year. I would have liked to have been at Mingo. I know that uh, uh, Ryan's a friend of yours, and of course he held that, and, and as usual, a GeoCoin Fest too. I can believe it. Well, that's a good question. And I know a lot of people talk about having a favorite or a very small chain of favorites. If I were to pick just one, it's gonna sound a little weird, but it's gonna be at the Cadillac Ranch uh, in Texas. We did the three that were there at the time, but the one that I like the best is the one that is inside one of the cars in the installation. Uh, we went through there on our way to the Grand Canyon and uh, stayed overnight in town. Getting out there, I had planned ahead. I love cars and I really love old cars. And I know it's an art installation, but everybody gets to paint the cars. So I went out with three cans of metallic silver paint, the kind that looks like chrome when you get done. I re-chromed all of the caddies while I was there. It is, and we got the great chance while we were there too, to do a CETO. Because even though the people ask very nicely on a sign, when you go in, please put your empty paint cans in uh, a trash can when you're done. And there are ones at the entrance, you know, when you go in and, and part way back from the installation, there were cans too. There were tons and tons and tons of empty paint cans so we went around and for about an hour the two of us did a CETO and found the weirdest souvenir best souvenir ever from from a, a geocache somebody had a survival knife out there something about an eight inch long blade and no handle just the long blade and it was all with green paint on it they'd used it to puncture a can I guess that wouldn't spray so we took the took the knife back took a probably three full big garbage bags because we took them with us full of paint cans because we knew there was an issue and that was that plus we did find the cash in the original container in the original location and also one of the drop containers somebody had dropped
It is. Almost. There's Oak Grove just in between for, oh, maybe four minutes worth of drive, five minutes worth of drive. During the music, it is an odd thing. I went to college as a percussionist. Now, it didn't come to Nashville as a percussionist. I came to Nashville as, as sales and marketing, but it's, that's, it's a small world, isn't it? Now, you were in recording, I would guess, in the music industry, or were you a musician? Oh, Lord. Uh, if there's anything at all that I'd want to talk about, and, and this is going to sound strange, it has nothing to do with me, absolute. I want to talk about Keith Petrus. CK Petrus, you do? First to find magazine. Thank you, Keith Petrus. Yeah. Yeah, First Defined Magazine. I love First Defined Magazine. I learned so much about geocaching, and we didn't know about it until Geo Woodstock the Giga. It was Geo Woodstock the Giga. Well, maybe I want to talk about Geo Woodstock the Giga. I don't know. But we learned so much and so much because of First Defined. It tied me into the, the nationwide community. Now, it's awfully tough to get to know people unless you happen to chance on them through the geocaching website. It, it really isn't conducive. But through First Defined Magazine, through reading the articles and being able to take the author's GeoNick or Geo, geocaching nickname, and go back to the geocaching website, then I was able to get in contact with them and broaden out my community of people and broaden out my knowledge. It's the best tool for learning things that there ever was. It's not just reading that specific issue or that specific article. It's, I can't say enough for it. I'm grateful. And I, I mean, we're an advertiser too, sure. I mean, it's tough to find opportunities in geocaching. But as a geocacher, can't recommend it enough, can't put it out there enough to other people in geocaching because it can do the same thing for other people too. Facebook is taking over some of that, yes. I mean, we're members on probably, I don't know, six, seven different uh, geocaching Facebook pages. But that magazine has a, a feeling has a purpose, has a person, just like you put your podcast out for people, Keith's out there putting out this magazine for people.
Thank you for having me here. It's been a pleasure, just a pleasure. I listen to your show. I listen to it not every week. I listen to, I probably binge every two or three weeks when we're not out caching. Now we try to go caching on the weekends and during the week, you know, it's filling orders and making inventory and all that happy business stuff. But I find time every two or three weeks to sit down and listen to two or three of your episodes. This week was a little easier, unfortunately. I only had two episodes to listen to. You've been listening to the Where Is It Now Geocaching Podcast. Please subscribe, rate us five stars in your reviews and tell your friends about the podcast. Now, be good lads and lassies and go and find a geocache.